0: So um, we are in week three of uh, a little mini-series that we planned called The Lord is My Shepherd. And really this, this amazing idea is wrapped around this simple concept, and that is, I need a shepherd. And we talked about it last week from the standpoint that if you're your own shepherd, then your life is a mess. You couldn't see green pastures if they were staring you in the face. Because we are not of high intelligence when it comes to leading ourselves. We don't see really good. A sheep needs a shepherd. And so we're going to have something that's going to lead us. And many of us have gone down that road where we've had other things influencing us, leading us, guiding us. And that didn't end so well, whether it was because of our friends or the crowd or the word and culture of the day, social media, the media, whatever it might be, is leading us. And instead we say, No, God's word and our shepherd is our guiding light and the one that shepherds us. And it's not just from from some distant land, and it's not just here's the, you know, the Bible basic instructions before leaving earth and, and, and help yourself, but it's We have a shepherd that is Emmanuel, God, with us. And we know because Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit. And so through the Holy Spirit, he guides us every day. He is our daily shepherd leading and guiding us. And this is really good news. So we're going to dive into a topic that, if you're taking notes today, is the the simple idea, an unwanted guest. An unwanted guest at the table. Now, I want to say this up front that this topic is so massive and so important. This idea of the Lord is my shepherd that comes from Psalm 23 that um, this is sort of a three week teaser because we actually have a study on this topic which somebody did a little uh, uh, um, ahead-of-time reading, Ed, uh, with the curriculum that we're going through, but we're going to dive into this even deeper, and you're going to see some of these familiar themes that we've been talking about in September when we get into our life groups. Shameless plug for life groups in the summer, you know, Wednesday nights we've been doing some fun things, but we really do believe in that discipleship that happens in those smaller groups, and so those take place in September, and the whole theme for the first 10 weeks is going to be diving back into what does it look like to follow Jesus and allow Him to be our shepherd on a day-to-day basis? So we're going to get some more nuts and bolts, but I want to hit it at a higher level. And the simple idea today is an unwanted guest. And we're going to read out of John chapter ten, and we're going to start out in verse four, and then five, and then the familiar verse in verse ten. It says this: When He, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, has brought us out out all His own, He goes ahead of them, and His sheep follow Him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Just pause right there. I'm sure you've heard the illustration. If you want to, like a banker, if you want to know what real money is like, or counterfeit money, they don't go test the counterfeit. They just familiarize themselves with the real thing. So that way, when the counterfeit comes, they go, no, that's not it. And it's the same idea with following the shepherd. It's not that we binge on what is the enemy like. It's we dive into who the shepherd is and we know his voice. And so then when another voice comes, we're like, no, that's not my shepherd. That's not his voice. That's not who he is and therefore who I am. So I recognize that. And so I don't follow a stranger. And then verse 10 is a familiar verse for us. And then is this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus, the shepherd, that they may have life and have it to the full. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity once again to preach from your word. God, to understand this idea that not only you have gone before us, but Lord, you're with us, leading by your still small voice, by the way that you speak to us through your word. And God, I ask that you would tune our ear to that one voice, And we would recognize when an unwanted guest comes to the table. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week we talked about the table that's set. This is not last week's food. (laughs) I bought it fresh for today because that is the way that the table works. We don't go by yesterday's manna, if you will, or yesterday's food because God has something new for us today. God is alive, He is living. My Redeemer lives, right? And if that's true, then He has something for us today. And it's a simple but profound concept that, that what, what we got way back when, in that moment when God touched us, is not supposed to sustain us, although it's significant and we build upon that. But today, God speaks to us. And He does that all through different ways, just like a meal. Sometimes I feel like a grape, right, and some fruit because I'm not doing keto and I'm eating clean. But sometimes then I want to do more meat and veggies, and so I'm going to do that. And God speaks to us in different ways, but it's all consistent with his nature and with who he is. And so we have this idea that we have a table that we can sit down at and meet with God. And he pours his living water, refreshes us. And I love this because it says that you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So in the midst of whatever's going on, see, what, what we want, want to think is that God just obliterates our enemies and then there's a nice table sitting there after he has destroyed all of our conflict and all of our, our, our dynamics. And if God's so loving, then how could he? And he goes, no, I am so loving. And so I've prepared for you a table in the midst of all of that because I'm working all of that For my glory and your good. I didn't cause the friction. I didn't cause the hardship. But in the middle of it, I've prepared a table for you. So come and meet with me. And what I love about this, and and, and this is sort of one of the main ideas today, is that at this table, God provides for us an incredible perspective about our enemies. See, when we're not sitting at the table and we're just fighting, swinging, and, and trying to make it through the, the struggle that we're in, whether it's the fear or anxiety or, or, or a conflict at work or a marriage strife or there's financial things or physical things, whatever it might be, in the middle of that, when we're trying to just make it happen, we have a certain perspective. And sometimes that allows us to be the victim, the constant victim, right? Pointing the finger at everybody else. That, that really works. That gets us far. Amen. Sometimes it just gets us into despair, right? And we're just defeated. We're not trying to point the finger. We'll point the finger right here. And you're like, right, I deserve all this. And it's just, I'm never going to get out of this. Whatever it might be, you have a perspective and it's not good. And instantly when you sit down at the table, God gives you a heavenly perspective. Because it's right in the middle of everything. And all of a sudden you get to see. All of a sudden, you understand. And I love this scripture out of Isaiah chapter 55. It says this For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's good news. You need a shepherd. (laughs) I need a shepherd. And listen, there's a lot more that we're going to talk about today and we're going to talk about this unwanted guest. But I just want to pause for a minute and say, listen, if you haven't paused for a second and slowed down enough to sit at the table and get a new perspective that's not yours, that's not CNN's, that's not even Fox News. And it's certainly not your neighbor that's got more problems than you, but it's a higher perspective, right, Then you need to. Because most likely the conclusions you're coming to are not going to help. They're going to dig you further into whatever dynamic you're in. And so God offers the table to say, come on, sit down. Let me help you see what I see. You're not stuck. You're not the victim. It's going to be okay. In fact, I've worked everything out. And you're going to have more than enough when you're done. See, what I love about the the Psalm 23 is it it says that that, uh, my cup overflows with blessing. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so so God says, your cup's going to overflow. You're going to have enough to share, even with your enemies. Come on, I'm not in lack at all. But that's what happens when you sit at the table, and I love this. But in the middle of that conversation, I wish it was that easy because though we have struggles, the scripture that we read indicates that there is another and he seeks to find a spot at your table. A stranger, a thief, a killer. And he is seeking to find a place to sit at this table the bible says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so he's searching he's looking and he's looking for just a little sliver just to get in just a little bit like this is even more than he needs like the social distancing thing but he doesn't even he just needs a tiny little crack in your character in your relationships in your marriage Your in your in your focus at work, like he just needs a tiny little sliver to get in, and then he begins to mess with your mind. And so this is what he's doing: it's prowling around, trying to find a place, and before you know it, he pulls up a chair. In the middle of this amazing two-person dinner, he pulls up a chair. And he says, How's it going? how you doing you don't mind if I eat your food do you yeah the enemy is definitely going to eat your food and then he's going to begin to talk to you how's it going you still having problems at work yeah your boss is a jerk he's such a bad leader you should be the boss I think you should take him out I mean, not, not like to where you get in trouble. But let's come up with a plan, right? Because he's no good. How's, um, how's your wife? She's still nagging you? Honestly? I don't know how you do it. <laughs> She's crazy. (laughs) Have you thought about a backup plan? (laughs) And just like that, you've let a killer sit down at your table. The table that God prepared for the two of you to get incredible perspective about your life, about who he is, about how he feels about you. And just like that, he's sitting down talking to you, eating your food, drinking your water. This is the best water I've ever tasted, by the way. See, and the enemy's not coming, going, I'm going to kill you. See that fork right there? I'm going to stab you in the eye. Which eye do you want? You pick. He's not doing that, right? He's not announcing his intentions. He's coming and he's going to be what you want him to be. And he's going to say the things that you're listening for. The things that you need to hear in those moments. It's been tough lately, hasn't it? You have every right to be hurt. You have every right to be mad. What are you going to do? I don't know if you're going to make it. Have you thought about just ending it? What about your friends at work? They're not your real friends. When was the last time they invited you out to lunch? Yeah, they're laughing over there. They're talking about you. You know they are. And your church friends? Fake. That so-called Community. They don't care about you. In fact, if they knew who you really were, they wouldn't even invite you. Don't tell them. Is that real? A hundred percent that's real. Just like that. The enemy is sitting at your table. And he's telling you things that sound real. That, that, that feel good to go down emboldens you to be the victim and you work your way further and further into the hole. And all the while, he is sitting at your table, he's eating your accoutrements <laughs> and drinking your water that God provided for you. Having a heyday. So, how do I know if he's at the table? I'm going to raise this up for a minute. How do I know if, if the enemy is at my table? Because I know that some of you might be thinking like, man, this is such a great sermon for my spouse. Yeah. Because they have such a hard time with this. So preach on, right? I'm going to take notes for them. But, but my table, no. God sits at my table. He speaks to me. How do I know? It's simple. There's, there's, there's four ways. And these are big topics. And, and if you've heard this, if you've thought this, then the enemy is sitting at your table. The first one is this. It's better at another table. better at another table. This is awesome, God. I mean, I appreciate it. It's getting kind of old, though. I mean, we had these last week. I don't know what in the world, you know? And I've been eyeing that other table over there. See, this is how the enemy steals the blessing of God from you. He did it to Adam and Eve. Imagine this. Adam and Eve in the garden. God made the garden. So as much as you and I think we enjoy the stuff that we enjoy. Like, most of it's man-made. Now, maybe God inspired them to make a golf course, but, like, God actually made the garden. So, so imagine how awesome it was. And they got to enjoy everything that God provided specifically for them. And there was one tree that they couldn't eat from, and the enemy comes to them and goes, as he's eating from the fruit. Hey, Eve. So much better than another tree. You know that tree? It's better. Everything that God provided for you? now. See that thing over there? That's what you need. And just like that, the enemy steals from you the very blessing that God has given you by discontentment. The enemy is at your table. Write this down because this is free. Every good decision starts with contentment. You're racing around trying to find the next best thing. You're looking at, you know, what's on the menu? How can I pivot? How can I do this? And listen, I'm not saying that changes are bad in life or upgrades are bad in life, but if they don't start from a place of I'm content today... Not only content, but I recognize the blessing that's before me and I don't need something else. If it doesn't start from there, the enemy is at your table and he is robbing you of the blessing. Second thing that we know, the enemy's at our table, is if you've heard, everyone is against you. Your so-called friends at work, They don't care about you. Everyone's against you. That's why this happened. And that's why she said that. Oh, once again, here we are again, and you're the victim. Everyone is against you. So don't trust anyone. Don't lean in. Don't expose your heart. Because I'm telling you, at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, you will get hurt because they're not for you. That's why you got hurt. That's why she left you. That's why this happened. See, the enemy's like, see, that's what happens when you put yourself out there. So don't do that because at the end of the day, you're all by yourself. No one understands they're against you. If you're hearing that or sensing that, the enemy, he is in your ear. He is a killer at your table. The next one is this, you're not good enough. Who are you kidding? I mean, look around. Look at these amazing people. You can't measure up to them. Are you kidding me? Keep your mask on. Because if that mask ever comes down and they ever find out who you really are, it will be obvious. Because you're not enough. It's what the, enemy, the enemy did the same thing in the garden. He came to Adam and Eve, right? They sinned. And, 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 and God comes to them and he says... Like, what's the deal with the silly fig leaves? I mean, they're not working anyways. This is ridiculous. Like, that's not... What are you doing with the fig leaves? And then he says this. Who told you you were naked? In other words, who told you you were not enough? Who told you you needed to wear that mask? Who told you that? I'll tell you who told you that. The one who pulled up a chair the invited guest and sat down and he has your ear telling you wear a mask because you're not good enough. You have every right to be ashamed and condemned. You're not enough. And the last one is this. You're not going to recover from this. It's a big one. The enemy is in your ear if you're hearing you will not recover from this. I don't think I will ever recover. Things will never be the same. I've been hurt too deeply. I don't think I can trust again. It's not going to be the same. It's too far gone. I remember when I was in, uh, in Washington, Heather and I both, we were doing ministry, and um, this was about 10 years ago, and and, it, and we hit a, a rough patch in our ministry, and it, everything was good, but we just came a, so against some really s- stiff opposition. People were against us, um, and it was just a really, really hurtful time. People were just saying things, and it was kind of one thing after another, and some of it was like a, a demonic attack, and other was just situational, like it was just people and we were in over our head. It was just really, really hard. And it was to the point where my pastor had to come and like take one of the assignments off my plate and we just he realized we got to get, get back to cruising altitude because we were just getting hammered. And I remember a couple months into that season of recovery that I heard myself saying all the time, life is really hard right now. Ministry is really hard, It's just been brutal. I mean, we're getting pounded on every side and I'm just so hurt. I'm so wounded. And I heard myself saying that over and over and over. Four months go by, five months go by and I'm still saying it. Life's so hard, right? People are so hurtful. And I'll never forget at the end of that five, about five month period, I like, I like woke up and I heard this phrase. You're, al- you're allowing an unwelcome guest to shape your future. Was that season hard? Yeah. Was it super hurtful? Yeah. Do we need to heal from that? Yeah. Is that going to define my life? If I let it, Yeah. That's the enemy stealing and killing part of our future. He knew if we can get us bitter and hurt and broken, then that's the end of ministry for us because we're not going to subject ourselves to that garbage again because people hurt, right? Because we are all dysfunctional. And, and when you get in the middle of it, sometimes sheep poop or they bite. And, and I just, I, I, I had this moment where the Lord said, I don't want you to say it anymore. I don't want you to talk about it anymore. I'm healing you. We're moving past this. But quit rehearsing the narrative that you're the victim. Life's so hard and ministry sucks. Because you're starting to create your future. The enemy's in your ear. And he's telling you it will never be the same. That, the wonderful glory, honeymoon years of ministry, those are gone. Welcome to real life. Buckle up. It's hard. And it's a bummer. And this was beginning to shape my future. And I had to wake up and go, enemy, you don't have a place anymore at my table. So I'm here to tell you, in the middle of our struggle, there is a table. And we get to say to the darkness. Because, listen, the good shepherd was right. The enemy comes to steal and to rob from us. And so we get to say to the darkness and to the anxiety and to the fear, you don't have a place at our table. We get two chairs at this table and you don't get a seat. You don't even get to pull up and stand at my table because I know the shepherd's voice. And when another voice comes, I recognize it. And I say, no, that's not who we're following. These things can become strongholds if we're not careful. And a stronghold is a lie that you don't know anymore is a lie because you've heard it and you've rehearsed it and you've talked about it so much. It's so ingrained in you that it's a way of life and not a lie. And your neighbor and your friend and your family member would look at you and go, that's a lie. You're believing a lie. And you're like, what are you talking about? That's my normal. And the problem is one of these things deep down as a seed can become a stronghold, a lie buried so deep that you kind of just believe it. It's better at another table. Everyone's against me. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to recover from this. It won't be the same. Things are too far gone. So I want to just debunk these lies and we're going to land the plane and eat some accoutrements that the Lord has provided. Number one is... It's better at another table. I'm just here to tell you that the Lord is my shepherd. And so I don't want. This is such a profound truth. When we, again, I'm preaching to the choir just like everybody else. I live in San Diego, the, the you know, the, the land of, of, of fun and, and the next big adventure and the next cool thing, right? The, nice, nice out, the next nice outfit, uh, you know, trip, golf club, cell phone, right? Go down the road a bit. Girl, boy. That's where this is going. You realize that when you get stuck into an environment where it's never enough, then at some point, the enemy will lead you from, hey, it's time to upgrade your cell phone to it's time to upgrade your spouse. Because it's better at another table. That's where this ship is headed, is destructive, that's the whole point. So if you find yourself in a trap of, I'm just never content, like at a deep level, then you need to understand that the enemy is robbing you because Jesus, your shepherd, he has provided everything you need. I mean, you go to a third world country and you watch people singing and dancing in a church filled with joy and they have absolutely nothing, this truth rings true, doesn't it? It's not better at another table. It's amazing at your table. We're gonna uproot that lie. The second one is everyone is against me. I love this. If God is for me, who can be against me? Now, sometimes we recite this verse and we go, hey, if God is for me, then it doesn't matter who's against me because God's for me. So it's like me and God, you and me, God, we got this. And like, okay. And in some scenarios, I guess that works. But like, here's, here's the, the, the version of this I like way better. If God is for me, if his presence is in me, if he's following me and going ahead of me and, 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 and his blessing is overflowing in my life and my face like Moses is glowing with his presence, yep. who would be against me? Like, I look around and I have friends, not enemies. Everyone's not against me. Everyone's for me because they see the spirit of God in me. And so I go to work, and I go to the grocery store, and I go to Starbucks, and I go to my friend's house, and I go to small, Starbucks, Starbucks uh, the small group, and I look out at the crowd, and I go, friends. Yeah. Not because I'm so arrogant to think I'm awesome and everyone loves me, but because if God's for me, who would be against me? Amen. So if you've given in to that lie that people are against you and you need to play the victim, then you need to go, you know what? God is for me. He's inside of me. He empowers me. And so, and so God has given me friends and people that will be attracted to that in my life. And I need to trust that. I am not the victim. So therefore, I'm not going to project that. Right? I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spiral, right? When you're projecting everyone's against me, people are like, ooh, it's kind of prickly. I mean, I'm not against you, but I'm going to go over here. Because you're projecting something. When you project God is for me, people go, man, give me a hug. Number three, you're not good enough. I am so prized that my shepherd gave his life. For me the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep you are so prized you are so precious you are so amazing that the enemy literally laid down his life just for you so when the enemy comes in with that tagline that lie you need to tell yourself the shepherd laid his life down for me I am prized. I am amazing. I am created in the image of God. And so devil, you don't get to whisper that to me. I am more than enough. God's given me the table for me for in the presence of my enemies and I can walk with confidence and boldness. I am enough. And lastly, I am not going to recover from this. No, my shepherd restores my soul. So we're going to land on this one. and Again, the idea is simple. Jesus wants to talk to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And oftentimes, we sit down at the table and we get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Sometimes we get a little bit of God. He's speaking to us. And then we get an earful over here. And if if you're not trained, then sitting at the table will end up being a bummer. Because you're just constantly hearing this onslaught of "see you're not good enough," "see they're against you," "you're never going to get through this." What, who are you fooling yourself? And I'm telling you, in one of these four lies, you got to draw a bloodline and say, this table is sacred. And so, and so uh, not only am I going to get through this, but God at this table restores my soul. And I just want to like prophesy over all of us, because I think all of us, when I was preparing my notes, myself included, I would say that this one's one of the big ones, is I'm jaded. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. It's never going to be The same. And I just want to prophesy over you and speak this over all of us that God restores all things. He really does. And no matter how bad of an experience it was, again, get healing, get, right, have it, you know, get that, get that scar healed. I mean, you know, Ed just went to the hospital because it's like, you don't want your foot to get infected. That's what we need to do. But then once you get there, Ed's not gonna nurse and rehearse those four days he was in the hospital. In six months, he's not gonna still be whining about the four days. Now, if you are, we're gonna slap you around a little bit because that would be lame right? Because you're not a victim and it's not going to define your life. And in the grand scheme of things, if we go through a couple of months or a couple of years that are hard, in the grand scheme of things, in that what God is doing, I want you to hear this. He's restoring all things. He's building up. And whatever that hard thing, whether it be in the present or in the past, God's restoring it and he's doing something new. And, and, And the enemy just wants to hold you back and keep you stuck in that thing because he's whispering in your ear. It's never gonna be the same. It's always gonna be hard. So don't trust again. Don't give in. Keep up your guard. And the good shepherd, he's staring at you and he's saying, come on, focus, come on. Don't worry about it right? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Well, but what if, what about, don't worry about it, right? He's got you at the table, right? Come on, listen to me. I'm leading you. I'm doing something. Follow me. Trust me. I'm good. I know what I'm doing. You can trust again. You can extend again. Yeah, but what about, remember when? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stop. Stop. I'm here. I've gotten it. And hey, hey, even as good as it was a long time ago, before things got broken, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. I don't live in a world where yesterday was better than tomorrow. That that doesn't compute with this table. Cuz we go from glory to glory to glory and there's never you know what I love about that scripture is that it literally it literally implies that there's never a ceiling. So it's to glory, like there's never a ceiling. I'm always moving forward. So quit letting the enemy get you stuck here. It's gonna be better. Trust me. Father God, I thank you for this table. I thank you for the voice Of the shepherd whispering, Trust me, follow me. I'm leading you to peaceful streams and to green pastures. I'm restoring, I'm filling, I'm good. And, devil, we just say to you, you no longer have a voice or a seat at this table. So we speak to the darkness and we say flee in Jesus' name. We are children of light led by our Father. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.